Five, four, three, two, one. Are we live? We're live. We're live across the, across the globe. Across the globe and in your neighbourhood. Yeah, and I can't I can't really take the Mickey out of you too much now because you're sitting in front of me. Obviously, when I normally <laughs> take the Mickey out of you, I, I'm just imagining just imagining your lovely face. Lovely face. I'm imagining your lovely face. That's a lovely cap you've got on. And am I right in saying that you've had a shave? I have had a shave. I've had three shaves in lockdown. This took two razors wow to, like it's just my yeah I, I i don't mind it up to a point but then you know i'm very vain so the only white part of me is my chin so you know it starts to come through there so after hey, it's it looking off. it's looking lovely yeah have you you are you just a trimmer more of a trimmer yeah i've I actually i've not shaved for i i just lopped it all off uh, about a week or two ago and uh, I just let it grow wild now. So, yeah, I don't know. What do you reckon? Can you see that? Kind of coming through yeah. a bit. I've got Welcome a patchy to the beard. County Live. Welcome <laughs> to the County Live male grooming podcast, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> you can be forgiven if you think that uh, we've just started recording early, but we haven't. We're actually, we actually are doing County Live at the moment. And welcome to it. We're still in lockdown, so we're still in bonus episode mode. And a fantastic episode this week. Oh, mate, um, I'm I'm really um, I'm really buzzing about this. I mean, we've put a couple of teaser videos out online, and the feedback that we've had um, from from the county faithful has been incredible. Um, the fact that yes, we have finally ventured into the world of video is much appreciated. We should say it's not always possible with some of the old boys, but um, with with the cool young hipsters like Ashley Williams. Uh, he was just all over it. He actually suggested video to us, not the other way around. Um, but then you listen to some of the stories he's got up his sleeve, you know, about um, the county players taking the mickey out of Gareth Bale at, uh, at Wales training. This is a guy who's won several Champions League and, you know, La Liga titles and the scorer of fantastic world-class goals. And Ashley Williams and Wayne Hennessy are just digging him in the ribs because, you know, he's not won nine in a row um, with, a, with the clean sheets. I think it's... Um, it's just a great, a great all-round chat. Um, I, I don't want to sound too proud when I say that, but I, I, I offer little to nothing to the conversation. But but Ash is a, a literally just a barrel of stories, and I think I think it was quite good that, that we had Peter Ward on the week before, because Wardy's obviously teed us up for it. Wardy brought Ash through the system with Jim, you know, gave him his first pro contract when he was thinking, "Is football really for me? Am I going to make it?" Uh, he was quite low on confidence. So the fact that we've had Wardy big him up, if you like, and speak about him, uh, and then Ash come on the show and reciprocate back to Peter, back to Jim, back to Alan Lord, um, and then go on to tell us the, some of the magnificent tales that he's got up his sleeve um, from from post-county or even during county. Um, yeah, it's it's a special one. And that was planned, of course. We asked Peter, you know, and then we thought, oh, great. Yeah, now we'll have, <laughs> now we'll have Ashley Williams because we've we, done these in such great detail. We knew we were going to do this before there was even a coronavirus. <laughs> That's how long it's been <laughs> in the can for. I'll tell you what, what is great about Ashley Williams. Very rarely do we get a chance to speak like that to a current player, a player yeah. who's okay, maybe coming to the end of his career, but he's still the captain of Wales and Wales are yeah. no mugs. You know, he's captain of an international side. And this is a side that, uh, you know, Wales have done very, very well in, in recent years. And it's packed, as you say, packed full of superstars as well. 
Uh, you oh. know, okay, he's playing for Bristol City now, but an international current captain. Come on. Yeah. I, I don't think I don't think we've ever had anyone of that stature um, currently playing on the show. Um, I mean, it's just it, it was a, it was a real honour, but at the same time, it was really interesting because you know he's able to tell us what players in the top flight think about about going back to training around the whole coronavirus situation. Not with all due respect to the older lads. We're not getting what they think they might be feeling. We're getting it firsthand from the training ground. This is what the players are thinking about. Uh, this is what they're talking about. This is how we survived lockdown. He goes into saying about how he coped, um, you know, when, when he was out of the game for a couple of months. I, I mean, I don't think it's really a spoiler alert. We, I didn't really feel it necessary to bring up the end of the career at Everton when he, when he moved on. And, you know, he went to the Euros and then he was without a club for a little while. So, he was saying this, not not playing and not training for a while. It's almost, well, he's been there before and in the not too distant past. But when, when you rightly say, Martin, look what he's done for Wales. Look at, you know, Belgium regarded now as one of the best teams in the world. Wales beat them in the Euros. <laughs> Do you know, that's a phenomenal feat. And um, just to, to have someone of that stature who was playing Premier League uh, only a couple of seasons ago and... Who's, who's just been around the block and achieved everything, but was part of that magnificent nine-in-a-row team, um, part of the team that won it, well, the, part of the team that, that that played the season that won at Wembley. Obviously, Ash had left by that point, but uh, he, he still very much referred to it as we got promotion, we won at Wembley. And, um, yeah, just, uh, just welcome aboard. I mean, what a fantastic lad. And shall we stick the interview in here? I don't know where I'm pointing. I don't know where it will actually go. But uh, let's <laughs> put the interview in here at this point. And Ash Williams, welcome to Stockport County Live. It's a, it's a pleasure to have you on. Um, I feel like this is the time we, we should be speaking about the season that's just finished and the Euros that are up and coming. But uh, obviously we're not doing um, for, for obvious reasons. So before we go into football, how are you finding lockdown? Yeah, all right. Not too bad. Um, yeah, it's that. No, normally now it's starting as a player you're looking at, uh, especially after the playoffs finished which would have been yesterday in my league um, looking forward to your holidays and there's no holidays so uh, but alright not too bad I, I had my first day uh, of training today at Bristol so um, I'm down in Bristol now and um, it's been alright I'm busy I've got I've got three kids who are nine, seven and five so people are like oh they're so bored and I'm like I've got 12 hours in my house, I don't get a minute break. <laughs> yeah, I, I can uh, completely relate there. As as a player, you, you mentioned you're going back and beginning those early sessions now or those first sessions back. Um, feel free to say you can't go into too much information, but what's the mood around camps like? What are, what are players like? I mean, they don't know how leagues are going to end up. They don't, they don't really know. I don't think anyone really knows what's going to happen over the next few weeks. So as a player, what, what's, what's the mood in the camp like? Yeah, I think that, um, well, first day back today, the, the mood was, I didn't, we didn't see everyone because obviously the whole going in groups, small groups, and you don't really get to see the, the other lads so much, really. Um, but it felt a little bit for a player like pre-season going back. But I just think on the, the general, it's just uncertainty where, you know, I've been, I'm, I've been in football now for what, 
a good level for 18 years and I've never experienced anything like this just the fact that even now we're going back to training and we don't really know what's going to happen we don't know when the first game will be we don't know when the last game will be or what will happen so um, it's just uncertainty really and I think that you just got to try and roll with it and, and just and just see what happens and then and then do your best to deal with that really As, as a player as a, as a player at such a level that, that you are um, I can imagine it, it, it's incredibly frustrating. You want to be playing out uh, every week, training as, as often as you can, keeping your, your body and your fitness and your game at the level that you're so used to keeping it at. Mentally, when you're told, uh, and certainly over the last few weeks, you can't even leave the house, you, you know, what, what does that do to you? Does it, are you sitting there itching? I know you've got kids to look after, but at the same time, you want to stay on your game as well. Mentally, what kind of headspace are you in? Well, for me, uh, it's not it's, it was not a problem because I kind of had uh, a bit of a practice run at this before. So after last summer, I played for Wales and then I didn't sign for a team at all until the end of August. So I had, what's that? I don't know, six, eight weeks or something of just being at home. When everyone went back to pre-season and everyone started... Uh, games I didn't I didn't play for the first probably three weeks of the season so before I joined Bristol so I knew what it was like a little bit to be at home every day where if before that I didn't so I was always out training in the mornings and missed the you know taking the kids to school and picking them up afterwards and stuff like that so I did have I do have a bit of experience of being in the house all the time um, but I think for the younger boys especially for boys that are uh, from different countries and not with their family and stuff it would be you know very difficult as everyone found it but for me I'm fortunate you know I've got a good space in my house and a good space in my garden and with the kids we was all together you know it was okay so uh, it's a bit frustrating you can't do as many things as you want but you know I understood that I was in a fortunate position anyway and um, where it wasn't too bad um, in the homeschooling that that started off, so that was dominating most of the days. Um, it was all right. It was nice. I, you know, when when you do your um, your piece of exercise, whatever that is, you do. I take my dogs for a walk and stuff, and you see other families out on bike rides and stuff. I think it's quite nice now that people families have had a bit of time to to spend together. Yeah. Really, uh, no, I, I I do get you. We just lost you for a, a brief second there. Um, you're talking about doing exercise and things, and and as you say. Some are more fortunate than others with the big gardens and the, and the bigger houses and stuff. Were you able to to keep some form of training going on, just in basic weights or basic um, core fitness? Were you able to do that and keep ticking over both physically and mentally? Yeah, we had um, we got we had a full schedule, so we had um, we had the group Zoom calls a um, couple of times a week, and then we had our um all of our running that we had to do our gym work um which was you know you could do it in your front room I, i've got a gym in mind so i was quite lucky i as i said i got the space to do a lot of stuff um and i was doing that before anyway in that period that i said about so it wasn't that you know different for me but we had a um i think we had a week off or two weeks off maybe and we had a full schedule of, of what we was doing so you know hopefully we're, we're still in good shape now there's so much we can speak about, about where you are at Bristol and, and what's going to happen in the future. But I, I think we'll get there. I want to go way back and start at the other end uh, of your playing career because we're here with Stockport County Live as the conveniently placed scarf uh, kind of alludes to. Um, now, 
it's casting our minds back. But you were such an important, pivotal player for reasons that that we'll speak about as the, as the as the evening goes on. But first and foremost, I think we should start with just your memories of the club and what you remember of your time at Stockport Council. Um, I've got fond memories of Stockport, and it's and it's a club that you know I hold close to my heart and. I'm a bit disappointed with myself that when I moved back up to the Northwest to, to sign for Everton, I haven't been down yet. I've, I have tried a couple of times in the fixtures where um, they didn't fall good. I had a game the same day or whatever, but, you know, it's a, it was my first professional team in a, a, in a first team environment. L lots of people there I still speak to, um, still friends with, have come across playing, you know, in my career. Um, and it was just, it's just, I think everyone's first club, they, they have a little bit more uh, affection for and, and Stockport was my real first um, professional football club. And, and we had, I had some bad times there, like, like you would anywhere, but it's outweighed massively just by, you know, when I think back, so many good memories of playing at Edgeley Park, especially in the evening games and stuff. Now, we had on the show last week Peter Ward, uh, and most weeks, or, or every week in usual circumstances, we have Jim Gannon, who is, of course, current first-team manager, as he was um, way back when you were playing. And Peter Ward, in particular, last week when we spoke to him, he was so complimentary. He was telling us stories about in training, um, and about how you would feed off the other lads and how you would fit into that vibe. A lot of county fans, especially because of what happened with the nine in a row, and then with what happened with the, the season after with promotion, a lot of county fans see this Jim Gannon, Peter Ward thing as almost like a dream team of management. What was it like for you to, to play with them? Well, for, for me personally, I'd just come uh, off the back of not really playing for the whole season under Chris Turner. So then yeah. Jim came in um, and he pulled me to the side and he said, like, I'm going to start playing you. I think you're a good player. And as a young kid, my confidence was, you know, I always had confidence in myself, but when you haven't played all season, it's, it's going to take a hit and, he just come in and said that straight away and I just felt that he always believed in me and you know, we all know what Jim's like. He's ultra serious and ultra competitive and, and, and you know, he's got his, um, he, his personality, which I think for us at the time was perfect. You know, he was forward thinking, you know, some of the things that he talks about, was speaking about then, you know, people are only talking about now. So, um, you know, he was one of the best managers that I had really. And then, and then Wardy was just the perfect you know, partner in crime for him. He's, you know, just a proper footballing guy, always cracking jokes, fun to be around, you know, but at the same time was serious when he needed to be. But I think the two of them just, just worked brilliantly together. You mentioned Chris Turner now. It was going to be a question for you. Obviously, you came in, if I'm not mistaken, under Sammy McElroy, uh, Chris Turner and Jim Gannon. What was, the, what was the difference that kind of stood out between those three managers? Very different styles between the three. Um, what do you remember of, of the dynamics that each one of them brought to the table? Um, I, I can't, if I'm being you know, honest, I can't remember Sammy McElroy so much, but I do remember certain things with him because he was the, the one that signed me. And I remember more of a, on a personal level with Sammy McElroy that um, I just always thought he was a good guy, an honest guy. And um, I can't remember the football too much, if I'm being honest. Um, under Chris Turner, for me, it wasn't such a good time, as I've mentioned. Yeah. Uh, and I don't really remember the football so much either, but I do remember clearly the football we played under Jim Gannon. That's, that's probably like most fans, really. But I remember the Jim Gannon football, um, you know, like, like it was yesterday. It was just a breath of fresh air. We was winning games. We was playing at a good level. We had a good team. Um, and obviously, 
you know, we got promoted and I left, but we got promoted. And, um, and as you say, we broke some records in that period. Um, I just remember the whole, you know, when, when Jim came in, the whole place just changed and it just got a massive lift. When, when you think about those days and especially the, the players that were around you in the team then, to think that you were going to sign for Stockport County, you mentioned it was your first pro club. When you're that youngster, you know, you're making a break in football, you realise that you've got the ability, you've got the belief, um, and a club like Stockport County come and offer you that first contract. And I know so much has passed since then and you've done so many tremendous things playing at the very highest level, but cast your mind back to those days when the very first, I don't know who it came through, for an agent or family member or, or whatever, however these things happen when you, when you were a youngster, Stockport County are going to sign you or they're going to make you an offer. What, what emotions do you feel like? Um, just, it's a bit, it's di I think it's different from, I played for West Brom through, through the younger levels, the youth levels, and, and it's always nice, but you, 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 you know you're not there yet, you're not old enough anyway, and there's a lot of more work to do, and then um, I dropped out of it, and then played for Hensford Town, and then Stockport bought me, and it was a bit like, I remember going to sign with my mum and dad, and then um, we stopped at the Morrisons, the one near Edgeley Park, it was still there. And it was just like such a relief that, you know, from this day, it, you, you can call yourself a professional footballer or you was a professional footballer. It was just, uh, I didn't know too much about the club before, um, coming from the Midlands. And obviously as a kid, everyone watches, the, you know, the top teams and everything. But once I got in there and stuff, um, I loved it. And I, I loved the area. And uh, we're back in Manchester now. Um, and, you know, it's just probably always be our home now. So, um, Stockport, it's like, it's, it's a club that even people that have never played or been at Stockport always talk to me about it. I think everyone, everyone knows how big the club is and uh, everyone's quite fond of the club as well. You, you, you went on to achieve a lot, as did a, a load of the players that played around you. Did you, did you get a kind of feeling when, when you were in those teams in that, that nine in a row and, and obviously you've gone on to, to see these guys in the Premier League and at international level but did you get a feeling that these guys we're, we're all destined for bigger things hopefully with County but you can just see that progression I mean as a fan I could certainly see it and like you say growing up around these parts you are often overshadowed by the bigger boys but I'm trying to tell my friends oh, we've got some players here that you know they could go on and play higher could you see that as a player? Not really. I think we we were just living it and we were just enjoying it and uh, we'd be with each... It was a little bit different then, so we'd be with each other outside of football on nights out all the time. We'd enjoy each other's company all the time. We was a close close um, group of players, really, and uh, I didn't think... I didn't really think I would go on to do... to achieve what I've achieved. And then when I look at everyone else, you know, I, I, I wouldn't have said Wayne Hennessy would go on to do what he's going to do. I wouldn't say anyone really. So it was weren't really something that was thinking. I just enjoyed playing for Stockport County. So yeah. we wanted to win. And it wasn't like, oh, well, I'm trying to play good here. And, and, you know, a lot of players did get signed and go on to do different things and, and whatnot. But it was never a case of, um, you know, look, thinking, looking around the dressing room and thinking, well, we've got some some big players, potentially big players in there. We just that we knew we was good. We enjoyed each other. We enjoyed playing with each other. And, you know, we was just living the, the game from, from game to game, really. I've got to ask you about one goal in particular. And this is a career where I could ask you about several that, that you've scored in various pictures over the last few years. But one goal against Rochdale, with all due respect 
to Rochdale. It's, it's it's not a team in the Euros. It's not a, they're never going to be in the Premier League, or certainly not anytime soon. But when you score a goal of this level of quality, it doesn't matter who it's against. That was something special. And if you don't, which I'm sure you do, but just to refresh your memory, if you don't, the ball comes into you just inside the Rochdale half. You've taken a few steps further forward and just put your laces through it. Yeah, of course I remember it. I think it's probably still my best goal. It's probably the only one I've ever scored outside the box. Um, and I'm still, you know, really good friends with um, Tess Bramble. So we talk about it a lot because he still annoyed me. I ignored him on the celebration. So I think he tells me I went past him on the celebration. So, um, yeah, I, I, I won't forget that one. My mum's got the, uh, the football boot, actually, that I wore that day. In, uh, really? House, yeah, so she's got that with the gold, some uh, some writing on it with the gold. But yeah, that was um, not often as a defender you get to score good ones, and that that was probably my best one. Yeah. When 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 did the idea come into your mind? Because I can't accept it. When you first started trotting forward, you were thinking, oh, "In thirty seconds, I'm going to be wheeling away." But as you get a bit closer, and you must, I'm, I'm guessing you just saw the line open up. Just I'm not even going to think about what the manager might say to me if I try this, and it, and it goes over into row. Z or whatever, what, just if you can, <laughs> try and relive that moment in your mind. I probably wasn't thinking too much, to be honest. I, I, I don't even, I couldn't even tell you why I hit it because it was really far out. But <laughs> what I can tell you is I've tried shooting from that distance many times since and it's never gone anywhere near the goal. So <laughs> I'm not sure really. I've, I've seen it. I've seen it a few times. Um, I don't know. There is like some video footage knocking about of it somewhere. So. Uh, I, I have seen it a few times, but I don't know why. I don't know why I shot that day, but um, it couldn't have gone any better. It was like top corner, and as I say, I've not been able to replicate it since. When it's all said and done, and you're sitting around the fire with the grandkids, is that is that one of the ones you're going to pull out? Okay, it's it's not international level or Premier League, but just come and have a look at this. Look what your granddad did. Yeah, because uh, even my kids now, and they like go on YouTube and stuff, and they, they say, "Oh, you scored." Your, your goals were headers. And I'm like, not all of them. And one of them <laughs> outside the box, actually. <laughs> now, when, when, when we think back to those teams, and uh, I'll bring up the nine in a row in more detail in a few minutes, but that nine in a row and that promotion team, a lot of county fans, a lot, certainly a lot of younger county fans will say that was the best county team they've seen. And, you know, it had the, the young manager, Jim Gannon, coming through and it had players like yourself and Anthony Pilkington and, uh, and Wayne Hennessy in goal, like you mentioned a moment ago. There will be an older generation of fans who, who often romanticise about the, the team in the 90s that got to the semi-final of the League Cup and, you know, were kind of knocking on the door of the Championship playoffs, as they're now known. And there's often a bit of tug-of-war. I don't suppose you can really fairly compare the two teams. But the reason I bring it up is someone who was in that team is now the physio at Wales. Uh, Sean Connolly, staple player for Stockport County over 10 years. And I, we had him on the show the other week. And I just, I can't help but but hope, I guess, that there's some kind of Stockport County conversations that go on there between yourself and Sean and obviously Wayne Fon Williams is in the squad and Wayne Hennessy comes in the squad. Okay, there's bigger fish to fry, I guess, but does County ever come up? All the time. For, for starters, I'll answer that one for you. We would have smashed them. I tell him all the time, we would have smashed <laughs> his team. Um, but yeah, we talk about it all the time. Const probably every single Wales camp that I've been on for the last... Four years, Wayne Hennessy has told Gareth Bale that about that record every single time. Yeah, you've done all this. 
or did you get nine clean sheets in a row? Every single time, without fail. And we talk about it all the time. Me and Sean always talk and Wayne. But there's so many lads knocking about. I turn up to Bristol and Tommy Rose playing there. It's like wherever you go, you see, I I speak to Damien Allen all the time. Um, Just wherever you go, one, there's there's someone you played with or, or whatnot. And two, wherever I go, there's Stockport County fans everywhere, everywhere. It's like, you just won't believe it. Wherever I go, I bump into a Stockport County fan. Or I'm, I'm like, wow, you just get everywhere. There's, there's so many of them for a club that's in the position that they're in at the minute, for a team that's in a position. The fan base is so big. And I think, um, it's quite, I remember the other day, we was, the TV was on and whatever, what's her name? Um, did you hear about that one? Michelle Keegan, is that her name? She yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what's going on? It's everywhere. <laughs> like, honestly, it's just such a big club. And like, um, we always, at Wales, like, it's, it's a theme. We'll always talk, especially with Sean. Like, I'm so close to Sean. I've known him for so many years and stuff. And, um, you know, me, Wayne, Sean, we'll always be talking about Stockport. Now, it's funny that you mentioned Gareth Bale and Wayne Hennessy having that conversation. Um, I'm guessing Gareth Bale never has a comeback, by the way. Of course, how could, how could you try and come back from that? Does it, like, like, I agree with Wayne, doesn't matter what you've achieved. I'm not even sure Gareth would have got into that team. But uh, moving forward, about, about the nine in a row, uh, when, when you look back, and I mean, uh, it's, it's great for me, doing this job as a county fan is great for me, because when we have legends come on the show from any era, I get to sit on YouTube for a few hours and relive those days, you know, relive the, the highs and the lows, you know, when we when this almost happened or, or that nearly come off. The nine in a row was just something I was so fascinated to look back on because it's just, when you, when you think about what has gone into winning nine games on the spin without conceding a single goal, I mean, what an achievement, just what an incredible achievement. Yeah, and especially if you think that, you know, just before that, uh, the season before and stuff, where you know how far we'd come to achieve something like that, and just such a a well drilled team, um, you don't get that at any level really. You know, you, it's not often you see that anyway. We just knew our position so well. We knew what was being asked of us. We knew exactly what to do, and it's rare to see that in football. And um, I think it's credit to the staff and, and and Jim obviously that you know we he'd set us up that way. Um, and it was just we were just on a roll, and but you know that it's something's coming. And if if I'm not mistaken, was it a Test Bramble own goal? Did it come off his head or something? Yeah, the the, the one that eventually broke yeah. the run. Yeah, and you knew it'd be something like that. But um, I think that team was, you know, probably maybe the best one that I played in at Stockport. And uh, obviously, confidence was sky high going through that. And it was just like every week we'd go out and we just. We just knew what we were supposed to do and, and, you know, as a player, that's half the battle. Did that set you up, I guess, in many ways to, to go on and achieve, go on and achieve what you did? Because, yeah, OK, I I'm not, I'm not, can't argue, of course, I, I wouldn't dream of that. It was a great team and it was, there was so many, um, so many quality players in there. But, I mean, you're the central defender in that. I mean, obviously part of a, a partnership, but ultimately it's the defence that has that has to keep nine clean sheets on the run. So both yourself and the goalkeeper, absolutely pivotal roles there. And as you say, it's still fairly early in your career. Has that given you experiences? Have you learned from that, if you like, to then go on and take these lessons to the Championship, to the Premier League, to international level? Yeah, definitely. I think that that's um, it's stuck with me. And I think that 
you know, for me, um, being a centre-back majority of the time, um, it's just what I live for, you know, clean sheets are everything and you don't always get them and it's always annoying if you don't get the clean sheets. So we could win 4-1 and I'm annoyed that we, we conceded one goal. So I think that that clean sheet mentality, and I do think it's a mentality, we all had it in that yeah. in that, that team. Um, and it's, you know, you've got to try and breed it throughout all the other teams that you play for and try and, you know, for me, as the leader of majority of the teams that I played for, to try and breed that clean sheet mentality throughout the team, especially within your unit um, in defence. So, you know, I think that did set me up, you know, as you say, at such a young age to, to you know, to take pride in that. Now, when it came to, to moving on from County, like you say, you were, you were part of that tremendous team, but the, the, the move was a bit of an interesting one because it came halfway through the season, if you like, well, even further on from that, on loan initially. Um, and I know that you've obviously built up a great relationship with Swansea um, through the seasons, and, and why wouldn't you have? But when that move first came around, what, what emotions were going through your mind then? Because, OK, great move, not going to take that away, but at the same time, you're leaving the first professional club where you've achieved so much. Just, just kind of talk us through that a little bit. Yeah, it was, it was a weird one for me as well. I just played for Wales and made my debut for Luxem against Luxembourg. And then the next day I signed for Swansea, as you say, I think it was in March uh, on loan. Yeah, was, and it yeah. was a little bit like Swansea were in League One, but I think they was top. So it looked like they was going to go to the Championship. I really wanted to play in the Championship. Like that was the level that I thought, you know, trying to aim at. Um, so I kind of took a bit of a gamble that they'd finish it. Um, they'd, they'd still get promoted by the end of the season. At the same time, a lot of people were talking about um, myself maybe going to such and such or uh, this team are interested if I wait to the end of the season. So it was a little bit weird. And then I remember signing and driving back from Swansea to the Midlands. And I didn't know if I was gutted or happy or what. Like the realisation of especially because I'd been with Wales the week before and the, the realisation of that was the first time I'd ever moved club from my first club. And it was a bit like, well, you're never going to go back to that training ground again or you're never going to play again at Edgeley Park for, for Stockport. So it was like, I was a little bit gutted about it, but at the same time, I'm happy that I signed to a team that potentially going to the championship. But yeah, there was a, there was a few mixed feelings, especially with just the realisation. When it was done and dusted and it signed, I was happy to start that, but I was just a little bit gutted that that, wow, that's a, that period is over now. Let's just talk about a little bit about your career post-county then, because it, it, I mean, it's tremendous what you've achieved. To, to go on and play at international level, to, to go on and win promotion to the Premier League, I was going to ask you about the, the beginning of each phase, but I guess the, the main question I want to get, which, which level of excitement is higher? Is it signing your first pro football contract ever? You are now a professional footballer. Is it getting an international call-up or is it realising you're going to be a Premier League player? Because I find that fascinating. Um, for me, personally, it was, it was the realising that I'd be a Premier League player. I think that was... All the, all the steps were leading up to that. So I, I, never, I never dreamed that I'd play international football, so that was never on my list, if that makes sense. I, I always wanted to be a professional football player. I'd say what was higher than signing the contract at Stockport was making my debut against Hartlepool because that was, I'd played then, I'd played a professional football game and even if it was just one, well, I've played one at least. But I think yeah. when I went to the Premier League, 
that was like, you know, when people ask, was there ever a moment you thought you'd made it? Well, I knew I didn't, I didn't make it then, but it was like, well, you're there. And I knew I'd play for Swansea. Um, and I knew that in a few months I was going to play a Premier League game, you know, without without getting injured if I didn't get injured. So that was the, that was a big moment when we won at Wembley that just, I suppose since being a kid, I can't lie and say I dreamed of playing for Stockport or Swansea, but I dreamed about playing in the Premier League. So it was like your dreams will come true now. So that that was a big moment for me. I mean, it's just incredible. How how different is the Premier League? And this maybe this is ask a silly question, but how different is the Premier League from League Two? What just what differences stand out? Uh, well, uh, the football is the obvious one. As a player, I think that the football is just so um, it's just so fast, and uh, everyone is of such a high level. It's unforgiving if, as a defender, you know, you, you can't you can't really afford to make one mistake. Um, but just everything that goes around it, really, I think that your life you just get thrust straight into the public eye. Um, everywhere you go, then someone knows you. You can't walk around anymore um, without somebody knowing who you are and speaking to you or wanting a picture and I think just the, the differences from the championship to the Premier League is just you're kind of you're, you're public property then once you play in the Premier League. When you when you get inside the changing rooms what I guess the other end of the spectrum what is what, what what's the same because ultimately you're still 11 players with a manager how does Jim Gannon's team talk differ to maybe those that you've you've sat and listened through of Premier League managers, what 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 what's the same there? Yeah, nothing. I think in essence, it's exactly the same. So as you say, if you take all the glitz and the glam away from it, you are just you know twenty two players. You're going to get shouted out at half time or or not. Uh, there's going to be fights at half time. Just just whatever, really. And it's it's the same game that you played as a kid, really, at school. You know, when you really take everything away from it, and I do think it's important for as a players to do that. So. You know, take away the fact that you're going to be on match of the day tonight and in the morning and all day on Sunday and Monday and Tuesday. Forget all of that. You're just playing against another 11 men that are really good. So it, it's not that different. You know, football's football at the end of the day and that's the beauty of it. And I think that's why, you know, when there's a, there's a game, say if there's a League Two game on TV, people will watch it because it's the same game. Um, you know, I, I, do, I, I don't think that, you know, once you take all the... All the outside bit of it away. It, it, there's no difference, really. Did, did you watch the first time you were on match of the day? Did you make a point of watching? Um, I would. I, I would. So, yeah. I think so. We had City. My first prem game was City live uh, on a Monday night. We had the Monday night game and we lost four nil. But we was nil nil at half time, so that was a win for us. Swansea. Was going <laughs> up. So uh, I think Aguero got a hat trick in his debut, but. I think I'll watch that one back, but it's not nice to, for me, with my accent, it's not nice to watch yourself back on an interview ever. <laughs> that sounds fine. Well, just finally, let's talk about where you are now. Um, so the season has, I don't know, maybe ended, maybe we pick it back up, I'm not too sure. Um, but you're kind of, well, you, you, there's Premier League ambition there uh, with where you are now in Bristol. Just just talk us through what's going on there. Yeah, no, it's... Um, it's a good, you know, I've really enjoyed the season up to up to where we got. Um, I've enjoyed the city. It's a lovely city. Um, I've enjoyed being down here. The managers, Lee Johnson, played against him 
for years. Um, really good manager, young. We're not that different different uh, in age. Um, nice fans, really good set of lads. I think the club reminds me a little bit like Swansea when I first went in there. You know, they're ready. They kind of built it. They've built it up now where they're ready. And um, obviously, you know, there's no secret made to the fact that Bristol want to get promoted from the start of the season, which I think is great. Um, and as there's uncertainty, yet, but if we play this season out, you know that will be the aim. Do you think? I mean, have you heard any inkling of any nudges or of what might happen towards the end of the season? Do you think it will get played out? Do you think you will get that opportunity to roll the dice? Uh, we, I don't, we don't know. We just got to prepare like it is, and then let the decision makers make the decisions. Uh, all we can do is control what we can control, which is get yourself fit and ready mentally um, to play the last nine games. And, and on international level, what are your thoughts there? Just, just play as long as you can. Yeah, no, I've not. You know, I haven't really. As soon as the the Euro, as soon as this kicked off, I knew the Euros would probably be cancelled. So then I was, it's just you know trying to finish the season with Bristol and then and then see what happens. Really, the Euros will be next year, so they say. So so we'll see. Um, but like with Wales, you know, it's it's the same thing. Um, it just sort of some always be within me, you know, Wales. And when I do retire, it, you know, I'll probably be back in the fold somewhere. So I don't know. I haven't even thought, I haven't spoke to the manager at all. I don't know what his plans are. It's not something that I'm, I know I've got time now to, you know, before those games start off again. So I don't know when we'll have an international, but um, I'll make that decision as well when, when that time comes. Yeah, but it seems you're happy. You're, you're like you say, you're doing well and you're playing football. I've also just got to ask you. We spoke about it briefly before we came on air. Uh, I think I read that you you're a vegan now. What 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 inspired that choice? Yeah, well, we've been plant based for about three years now, and um, I can't lie and make something up. We just watched what the health, the documentary, what the health, like a lot of people did at the time. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, do you know what? I'm just going to see if I can do it. Go plant based for four weeks. And after about a week, I just knew, oh, this is for me. I feel way better. And it's, been, it's about three years now. So, um, and as it went on, I just, you know, it's a double double reason, really. One, I feel better. And two, as soon as I stopped eating uh, animal products, I, the thought of it just felt so weird to me that I was like, oh, I, couldn't, I couldn't go back even if I wanted to now. So, yeah, it works for me. Um, and I'm happy with that. And, you know, my kids are the same. Um, so yeah, it's a, you know we're we're vegan household and that's it. Happy days. Well, uh, I really do thank you for your time today. Uh, I'm going to sign off with a question that I have to ask just uh, as a final note. Um, Stockport County in the future, is there any possibility that we could see Ashley Williams down the line don a shirt again? I don't know. Maybe I did always say I'd try and go back for one season. So you never know. But what, what I can guarantee is that I'll be down there um, once the games start going and stuff and uh, show my face and not be a stranger anymore. Oh, well, listen, Ash, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, the day you do come, uh, allow us to welcome you with open arms, bring you up into the radio studio, get a, a few words there and then as well. No problem. Thank you. So, Chris Ridgway, what was your... Fa nine, nine, nine times in a row aside, what was your favourite story in that interview? <laughs> Uh, it's a good question. Um, I, I thought I think rather than stories, I think it was just the the reality of learning about the current situation. I, I found fascinating because 
you know, uh, it's your job and it is my job and, and other people that we work with to sit and kind of paint a picture for, for our audiences of what is going on in the world of football, specifically in our case for Stockport County. Uh, you know, I think we do quite a good job of it. I think we, we try and cover all the bases, but um, to have someone of, of, of Ash's stature come in and say, you know, um, that they've got to come in and a few of the lads aren't maybe feeling like they're up to it yet. Some of the others are just raring to go. They want to get playing. Some are watching the Bundesliga. Some are deliberately staying away from it because, they're, they're, you know, they're not interested yet. It's, um, I, I find that amazing. Um, so to hear, to hear it firsthand, hear how the players are just easing the way in. I like, I love that line that he said um, about he doesn't know if they're going to need to be ready, but they're going to get ready. I mean, I find, of course, of course that's the mindset of an athlete. But what I, what I also liked, I kind of teased the question about, you know, this is a player that should have been looking forward to going to the Euros this week. Uh, he's now obviously not looking forward to going to the Euros. It's now been delayed, um, well, as it currently stands, by a year. Um, I mean, is Ash still going to be playing next year? Is he, you know, there's, there's a, like you touched on in, in, the, in the prelim there, he's, um, he's cracking on. But at the same time, injuries happen and, and, and new managers happen and young players come through and, and everything else. So I asked, you know, I kind of teased him, is, is, he, is that going to be happening next season? Is it? And he just, very honestly, I'm going to keep going. He's got no intention of giving up. He's got no intention of pulling away. So, um, yeah, I think, I think chances are we'll see him next season in the, in the Euros. Well, I think chances, yeah, chances are exactly that because... The, it's unlikely that very little will change because things should, you know, should start where they finish, if you see what I mean. So that, yeah. sh that should be the case. You would imagine, you know, his level of fitness, his will just be the same, you know, it, it'd be the same starting line for all of them. So fingers crossed, he will be at the Euros this time next year. And we can, uh, as long as they're not playing England, we can uh, raise a glass and, and <laughs> toast him when, when he's playing for Wales. Yeah, if he's, so playing, that, that, if he's playing against England, I'm just going to boo him. <laughs> 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 Let me ask you a question. So they've announced today Premier League's back on the 17th of June. Yeah. Found, they found a way to do it. Obviously, they're following the, the Bundesliga model. Do you think National League could have waited this long and, and seen it happen that way? No. No, I don't. Um, I mean, there's, there's not the money in it. Um, there's players' contracts that, you know, we've seen County release the retain list um, in this last week or so. Um, a number of players have moved on because their contracts are up. Now, yeah, we need to talk little, about that next, by the way. County's a little bit of an exceptional circumstance, given that um, you know we've got this incredible new backer and owner. But you know, when you look at the clubs in our in our league in our league and the league above us uh, and below us, um, I don't think they could have made that same commitment. Now we're hearing that the initial reports coming in are uh, that the league is. The, the league is going to be extended um, to cover the playoffs. What that means for teams going down, I, I don't know. Um, uh, and I, if I'm honest, I'm, I have my suspicions of how this is how this playoff system is even going to work. How, how are they possibly going to do it when clubs have released players? Um, how can you then go off and have a playoff tournament? I, I was saying the other night on uh, on a different interview that if you're if you're a Jim Gannon or if you're a different manager within the playoffs. That's even if County get a spot, because you've got to remember, if we go to average points per game, County will fall out of those playoff places. But if you were a manager that was going into the playoffs, having just released a couple of players or having had loan players go back to the parent clubs, 
it seems daft to say, but would you be within your rights and would you be understandable to say, we don't want it, we don't want to play? Because A, my job could be on the line if I, if I lose in the playoffs. Um, B, I don't think we get a fair crack at it. Um, and we could lose to a team who, you know, three months ago we would have brushed aside. But if you look at, take counties as, a, as an only example. Frank Mulhern, Dan Cowan, Danny Lloyd have all since moved on. Danny Lloyd, because his loan has ended, um, Frank Mulhern and Dan Cowan have moved on uh, as their contracts were up at the end of the season. There is a very real possibility that all three of those players could have played and played an important part in a playoff place, in a playoff position had, had we been there. Um, I don't know. I, can, I could certainly understand it if managers pushed back on it. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see. But in answer to your question, no, I don't think the National League could have held out as long as the Prem. There's no doubt that those three players would have played a part in the, the way we know Jim runs squads. And okay, you know, Frank hadn't had a few games for a while and stuff like that. But with, you know, with a, a playoff situation when you need a lot from a lot of players, there's no doubt that those three players would have, would have played. And how do you see the, how do you see the, the player changes, the releases and the contracts retained overall? Um, I'm a little surprised. I, I am a little surprised. I think the, the, one that, the one that caught my attention was, um, was Dan Cowan moving on. I think Frank, Frank's been out on loan at Division Below and he's done fairly well there uh, at Boston. So you get the impression he might have been useful for the playoffs if, you know, if, if he comes back in form, he's bagged a few goals towards the end of the season, his confidence is up and he now probably is going to get a move to that division. You know, come in, get a winning goal in a playoff game. You know, you can see why he's a useful asset to have. Um, but he's obviously going to move on at the end of the season. Dan Cowan, I just think the versatility in him, the fact that he can play anywhere across the back four, the fact that he can venture forward, the fact that Jim Gannon has obviously nurtured him for a couple of seasons now and brought him on and we've seen that improvement in his game. Um, I'm not I'm not bowled over in surprise. You know, we're, we're a club now that's investing big time in the next level of player. You know, we're seeing players like Liam Hogan come in and you start hearing these other names. Uh, of course, Lois Maynard, who came in and then unfortunately got injured. We're talking about that quality of player now. And you can bet your bottom dollar that over the closed season, however long it goes on for, we're going to see that next level of player coming. We're going to see more players of, of that quality and standard and calibre coming. But as a, as, a, as a good backup, and maybe it was Dan Cowan's own decision, and in which case, fair enough, I've not spoken to him or anyone else around it. So I don't really have a lot to give you in that sense. But as a backup or as a as a utility player, if you like, as a, and I don't mean this in a disrespectful way, but as a Phil Neville, I mean, Dan Cowan's a, a good option to have there, you know, and um, he's moved on now. So, I mean, I, I don't undermine the, the gaffer's decision. Um, that one caught me slightly off guard, but the rest of them, it makes sense uh, as, as, as fairly as I can say that. Yeah, the one, yeah, the one, when I read through the list, the one that surprised me was, was Dan Cowan. I thought, as you say, he's, he has a lot to offer, but who knows if it was his decision. Um, and Danny Lloyd, do you think, or do you know what the, the, the case was with Danny Lloyd? If this had been a normal season, do you think he would have been looking to return to the club? If the club would be looking, or was that definitely always for this period of the season? Well, so, so we had Danny on, on loan. Um, so it's, it's a case of him going back to his parent club, back to Salford. Um, 
I, I'm not privy to any potential transfer discussions. I'm sure that the conversation will have been had. You know, how much is it going to take for Danny to come back here? Um, is it fulfilling his ambition? Because you've got to remember, it's a short career and he's doing fairly well in it. Um, so is he going to want to move up and stay in the Football League? Or if County don't go up, is he going to perhaps politely decline? I don't know. What I can tell you is Danny Lloyd, and this is not a scoop by any stretch of the imagination, Danny Lloyd is in love with the club of Stockport County. You know, he's not not just from a friendly nature, the fact that he gets on with everyone. Um, my guess is he gets on with people wherever he goes. He's that kind of character. But I think he understands that his career was probably not going exactly the way he wanted it before he came to County. Um, it was going okay, but filed. He wasn't really kind of ripping up trees. He came to County and just stood out like a shining star and got that incredible move to Peterborough where he rocketed up the divisions from the National League North to League One. You know, he was that kind of... And I think I think he has a level of appreciation there for the manager and for the club uh, as to what it did for his career. So, listen, the conversation could well be happening without my knowledge. It wouldn't, again, it wouldn't bowl me over if we saw the headline in the next few weeks that Danny Lloyd's returning to the club. That being said, I'm sure we're having a load of conversations with a load of different players at the moment. It wouldn't surprise me if um, we didn't see him again um, next season. For me, I can't, I can't shake the feeling that we will see him again, whether it's next season, the season after, five years down the line. I just think he's got that in his locker, uh, a return to the club. I can see it happening, but when, I don't know. And information, I certainly have none. Great to be talking about players again, though. And oh, as you lovely, say, <laughs> and as you say, probably we'll be talking about rumours and signings and stuff again very soon. You, ooh, you're frozen. Yeah. I mean, you look great, but, uh, <laughs> but you did freeze there for a minute. So... Just to finish off with the eternal question, you had some good news. You had what happened to you on Instagram? Something um, major. Well, well, we, I, I, do you know what? Well, I'm going to tease and I'm going to hold that off until next week. Okay, all right. There is a there is a wheel within a wheel within a wheel that is spinning. <laughs> so next week we may or may not. This is our this is our well. You know what we're becoming, Martin? We're becoming a soap opera uh, because we're leaving a little hook that says "Come back next week" because we may or may not. Uh, have uh, a little bit of uh, news for you to digest and something to look forward to. But um, yes, it's potentially very exciting. And you're going to leave it there? I'm going to leave it there. Do you know what they call soap operas in Spain? Uh, no. They call them snakes because of the way they move around. So if that makes us snakes, so be it. Really? They call they them do. snakes? They crazy. Do, yeah. That's absolutely crazy. And I've learned something this evening as well. How about that? That's what, that's what we do. We're a fountain of knowledge. Well, thank you for uh, for being with us on our first ever fully um, video recorded uh, County Live. Hopefully more to come. Look at us 21st century kids. <laughs>